0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Callum McGregor signs a new five-year deal at Celtic. Kieran Dowell's looking forward to a new intensity at Ibrox and competitive football is back in Scotland this week with the Viaplay Cup group stages kicking off on Saturday. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. And there's some things in football and in life that are unfair, Andrew. How can Rangers be in Germany? Celtic, Portugal, then Japan. Hibs and Hearts are both in 40-degree heat in Spain over the last 10 days. And you and me are still in Clyde Bank. That's all right. Don't worry. The football's back this week, Roger. We're all good. There's enough to look forward to. I'm sure we'll be okay. And we want you to get involved as well. 0141-951-1025. Lots of talking points. Of course, Celtic captain Callum McGregor signing a new five-year deal. Some news coming out of the club today. And Ange Postacoglu speaking as well today to the media for the first time since leaving Celtic for Tottenham. A few interesting things he's had to say as well, yeah, Roger. Yeah, it, it, it seems remarkable that they're only unveiling him officially today. It just seems months since Ange left the building. Brendan Rodgers came in. Since then, of course, Jota has gone to Saudi Arabia and the money that's come for Jota seems to be getting distributed around the Celtic first-team squad. These big deals for Kyogo and Dyson Maida last week and now Callum McGregor, a five-year contract. It will take him to 2028 to the age of 35. And when you consider he's already only five trophies off Bobby Lennox in the club record... By the time Callum finishes this contract, he could be the most decorated Celt of all time. And we'll be hearing a bit from Rangers midfielder Kieran Dowell, who's been speaking to the media as well. Of course, one of six summer signings. Michael Beale getting his business done early. Would you expect there to be a few more in the door at Ibrox before the end of the window? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, Jose Sifuentes is one that's been spoken about for some time at LAFC. I would imagine he would come in as well. But I would think if it is only Sifuentes that come in, Michael Beale probably be quite happy with his business. I'm surprised that Dessers and Sam Lammers and Abdullah Sima have all come in to supplement the attack. Uh, he's got a lot of bodies up there. What might be just as interesting, Andrew, is to see who's offloaded between now and the closure of the transfer window at the end of next month. Yeah, well, whatever you want to talk about, 0141-951-1025 is the number you need. And you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. But let's start with that breaking news today that Callum McGregor has signed a new five-year deal to keep him at Celtic until the summer of 2028. As Roger said, he joined Celtic at the age of nine, 20 major honours in his time at the club, including five domestic trebles. And it follows Kyogo and Dyson Maida also signing new deals and obviously these deals you'd think will have been you know a long time coming they quite often take a lot of discussions to get new deals signed but ones that Brendan Rodgers will be delighted with yeah I think Brendan Rodgers is probably the driving force behind these deals you saw Callum speaking about you know his return to the football club earlier today and I don't think there's any coincidence that when such a key player as Jota has left the building I think the first thing Brendan Rodgers would want to do is to nail down the other key performers. Um, Kyogo, 34 goals last season. Callum McGregor, as you say, 20 trophies, five domestic trebles. 
the you know the key to that first team squad. Dyson Maeda as well, another wide attacking player at a time when Jota has gone. And I'm not sure Celtic will be finished with these contract extensions at all. I think Brendan Rodgers wants to send out a message that he is going to build around the guys that Ange Postecoglou led to the treble. Yeah, Celtic fans, a lot of them I'm sure will be disappointed at the fact that Jota left. But yes, it's a very good fee. And do you think that has been a big contributing factor in being able to tie down these three players, including Callum McGregor? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it has been. Um, a lot of money coming in, £20 million or so for Jota. I know a bit of that would go to Benfica as part of the sort of sell-on agreement, if you like. But it's still a very good transfer receipt. Um, what do you do with that? Do you, do you bank it? Do you go and spend it all on new players? Take a gamble that the new guys are going to come in and hit the ground running? Or do you reward the guys who have done it for you the guys who you want to do it for you again in the coming seasons and to give them all contracts at that length, I think shows that Brendan Rodgers does have a confidence that these guys can do it for him. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025 on the phones. John is a Celtic fan up first in Cope Bridge. John, were you happy with that news today? Hi, good evening, Roger. Hi, John. Uh, absolutely brilliant, Roger. This is saying to the producer there. I think that would be the best bit deal Celtic will do in this summer. I just think Cal McGregor, is, I know he just took over for Scott Brown. A lot of people maybe have reservations about his captaincy, but the guys just took the mantle on to a different level. And as you say, five domestic trebles, that's guys one. It'll go down to me as the top five Celtic captains all time. Just think this will be the best best sign they made the summer, Roger. What do you think? I was looking at some of the statistics earlier on. I think Callum's already played, is it 420 games? First Celtic since he made his debut under Ronnie Dyler nine years ago, John. And, you know, this is a guy who's regularly playing 50 games a season. Even if he only plays 30 or 35 games a season for the next five years, the duration of his contract, he'll be in the top 10 all-time appearance makers for Celtic. Top 10. And you think some of the guys, you know, Billy McNeil, Paul McStay, Roy Aiken, Pat Bonner, Danny McGrain, Celtic legends, and he will be in that category. And in terms of Winners' medals, as Andrew said, 20 already. I think he's fifth already in the all time list. There's only five behind Bobby Lennox. If Callum McGregor sees out this contract, and he will, he will see out the five years. I think he'll, he'll win more medals than anyone else in Celtic's history. I, I think it's totally right. I totally agree with you, Roger. I think the guy's just, he's took his game to a new level, you know what I mean, since he took off his score. I mean, and I think it's just, I think obviously, great deal for Kyogo and Maida. But obviously, I think Brendan will have a few on his own signings up your sleeve. But I heard another one today, Roger. I don't know if you, you heard Donny Van de Beek, but I don't know if that'll be out with Celtic's price range. Yeah, I know he's a lot of money at Manchester United. I, I suspect if he leaves, and he will leave Old Trafford in the summer, I, I would think he would go to the continent. But, listen, you never know. With Brendan Rodgers coming in, he's moved quickly to tie these guys down. Celtic were already going to give Brendan a decent transfer war chest. If you add the Jota money onto it, then maybe they won't push the boat out. If it's not for Van der Beek, then, you know, for another sort of marquee signing this summer. Yeah, John, what do you hope is next for Brendan Rodgers and for Celtic? Is it a case of tying down more players? I've seen some Celtic fans on social media hoping that Rail Hitati is next in line for a new contract. Or are you looking at new faces now? No, well, I would like, obviously, I would like Hattati to be the next one, and even Matt O'Reilly and, and Cameron Carter Vickers. I know he's just signed. But I, I, I tried going a couple of weeks ago, Roger. I, I think, well, I don't know. Obviously, when Brendan came the first time, he didn't like Craig Gordon, as in he couldn't play with the up to the back. So, obviously, Pep Guardiola got rid of Joe Hart for that reason, right? But 
I don't know if you think what about the boy. I think it'd be a great sign in this Angus gun for Celtic. I think you maybe get him seven or eight million. I think he's got a brilliant sign. Although Joe Hart's done great for Celtic, but just the way Brendan likes his teams to play as well, I would like to see another goalkeeper in, and I think that guy would be a great signing. That's interesting. He's done well in his Scotland career so far. Brief though it's been, John. I remember the Craig Gordon scenario a few years ago, and if you remember, the first goalie Brendan brought in was Doris De Vries, and that didn't go particularly well. So Craig Gordon ended up sort of fitting into the way Ange wanted to play. It'd be interesting to see if Joe Hart does the same. He's only got a year left on this Celtic deal. There hasn't been any talk so far of him extending that. So I'll be fascinated to see what Brendan does think about a goalkeeper because. You know, one of the things that caused problems in the latter stages of his Leicester career was when he allowed Casper Schmeichel to go to Nice. Leicester never replaced Casper Schmeichel. It ended up catching up on them and they were relegated after Brendan left. So the goalkeeping situation for me will be interested to see. I wouldn't be surprised if he stuck with Joe Hart for the last season of his contract, though. Yeah, I mean... John isn't the first caller that we've had this summer that has highlighted the goalkeeping area yeah. and Joe Hart is one they'd want to replace but when you look at the Celtic team and what Brendan Rodgers is wanting to do would you think that would be a priority or do you think there's other areas that need to be addressed I don't, first? I, listen, Brendan will be the only one who knows where he, where he wants to go I still think Celtic are a bit short defensively um, they ended up playing Tomoke Iwata centre-half in the cup final. I don't think that's the way forward. I don't think there's enough cover there for Carter Vickers, who's been exceptional, and for Starfield, who for me has been underrated. I think as a pairing, they're good. There's not much behind them, Andrew. Likewise, you know, Alistair Johnson, terrific. Anthony Ralston, for me, fell off the form age shown when Ange first came in the door. Burnaby doesn't cut it for me yet at all behind Greg Taylor. And the goalkeeping situation, you know, Benji Segrist came in, hardly seen because of injury. Joe Hart's form did take a little dip at the end of the season. I mean, Scott Bain came in, everyone remembers Easter Road. So I think defensively... And Benjamin Segrist just kind of looks out the picture completely. He really didn't yeah, feature much at yeah. all. So I, I think that's the that for me is the area. Clearly, midfield to forward, Brennan looks quite happy with what he's got. I, I would imagine defensive reinforcements and possibly another keeper even if Joe Hart stays as the number one well thank you to John let's stick with the phones Robbie is a Celtic fan in Falkirk Robbie were you happy when you saw that news about Callum McGregor today? Good evening panel yeah I would just Hi, like to make the point to Roger about Callum McGregor signing a new deal really, really happy with that Roger I was just wondering with Maeda signing a new deal Kyogo signing a new deal and McGregor do you think we might see a snowball effect here? Maybe Hattati next, maybe Greg Taylor next. I don't want to get too greedy and get like seven or eight <laughs> or get new deals. But I was just wondering what you think that maybe Rio Hattati, that was probably the one I was thinking that would be a, 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 a hat-trick of Japanese. It's, it, it's, in, it's interesting. You see, somebody asked me earlier on who I thought might be next and I said Greg Taylor. I thought would maybe be next in line for a contract extension. Hattati is an interesting one because he's at a different stage of his career to the likes of Kyogo. You know, Kyogo's 28, coming 29. This will be the last big deal of his career, I would think. Hatate, was he 23, 24, yeah, Andrew? 24, I think. There's been a lot of talk of, there was talk of Brighton towards mm. the end of the season, there was talk of Saudi Arabia during the close season, if you like. I just wonder about whether Hatate and his representatives might think there's a move for him not not immediately I don't mean this summer at all but maybe you know next summer or another year down the line and I'm not sure he would be that keen at his age to sign a four or a five year extension just now Matt O'Reilly is interested I noticed reports down south earlier today were talking about Spanish interest in Matt O'Reilly I'm not sure 
Robbie Whelan, that's correct or not. But uh, again, you know, he's one at an age is it in his interests to sign a four or a five year deal at Celtic at a minute, or does he want to run his contract down to the last year or two and just see what's out there? Robbie, do you have confidence that Brendan Rodgers will manage to persuade, you know, the other key players in the squad to stay at Celtic? Yeah, yeah. I also like to make the point that he went on, uh, Roger went on about uh, Atati's age, but Dyson Maeda, I think, is only a year older. He might be 25, 26, or maybe a year or, or two years. That said, I think that the there's better potential for a big move for Hattati yeah. than there is Dyson Maeda. Another thing I was going to say to you, Roger, I actually think, now you've just said there now that you think defensive reinforcements, but I would like to see another striker, yes, and I'm saying that with Kyogo there, and I'm saying that with O. I think with the scheduling games, if one of them gets injured, and you're, obviously Maeda can play in the middle, so I'm actually not too... First about that, a lot of Fokara is going to play in the wing. But I would just like to say that um, I think another out-and-out striker through the middle, so you've got three with all the games, all the domestic games in that, Roger, and the Champions League. I think you, they always say you need maybe two, three. I would go for the three, like, you know. You might get away with two, but I would, I'd try I, to go for another striker, I, Roger. I tend to agree with you, Robbie. I'm greedy as well. I would always have three. If you're playing that lone front, man, you never know what can happen. Remember remember Kyogo's first season when he missed that spell? Remember he got injured about Christmas time? Before Christmas came back for the League Cup final against Hibs, scored a couple, then get injured again and missed quite a lengthy spell. Giacomakis was there at that stage and stepped in and did very well. O's come in, he's younger than Giacomakis, doesn't quite look at the same level to me at the minute that Giacomakis was at. So I'm greedy like you. I would always like three strikers if you're only playing that one up front. But listen, maybe Brendan Rodgers does consider Maida to be one of the three. Yeah, that is going to be an interesting thing going forwards is Brendan Rodgers with a fresh set of, set of eyes on the Celtic squad. He may see things yeah. in players that Ange Postacoglu didn't or vice versa and may have plans that, that Celtic fans haven't even really considered. Yeah, and listen, who, who's to say there might not be a bigger role for James Forrest? Remember, he was beloved by Brendan in his first spell at the club. Could there be more action for Haksabanovic? Could, could he tweak the system? I mean, we're sitting here... Assuming he's going to play that same mm-hmm. fluid 4-3-3 system that Ange Postecoglou played, maybe he wants to try something different. Maybe he sees, as you say, different things. Does he see Leila Bada as a centre forward as opposed to a winger? We, we, we don't know. And this is this is what makes these things fascinating, Andrew. Robbie, where are your excitement levels just for the season coming up? Because it's obviously going to be a lot of change in the, in the dugout. Jota's gone still waiting to see what new signings Brendan Rodgers are going to make but do you have a lot of confidence heading into the new season even in these early stages? Yeah, absolutely. See when a new manager goes it was the same I'd like to I'll take you back to 2005 when um, Martin O'Neill left and it was uh, Gordon Stratton coming in I was talking to a Celtic fan I said just didn't get worried didn't get worried we've got a new manager we've got a lot to new, look forward to we've got a new deal with Nike and you know, new players coming in, new managers. I like that. It's good to to, to go with the continuity for two or three years or however long that continuity lasts. But once you players start leaving, there's a new manager coming in. I like the pre-season. I just like I'm all very intrigued with the big question mark that's above everybody's head. How are they going to look? How are they going to play? They're going to be as good as the last time. I like all the all the questions floating about, like you know. And now you've got to deal with Adidas. What do you make of the new home kit? 
Oh, I'm not too keen on that one. I, just, I, <laughs> I, I, I knew you were going to say that, Robbie. <laughs> well, thank you to Robbie. Let's hear a bit from Ange Postacoglu. Actually, I thought I'd said this, said that on the show for the last time a few weeks ago. But let's hear from Ange Postacoglu because he's been speaking to the media for the first time today since leaving Celtic for Tottenham. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a tough. Decision. Look, it's a, it's a special football club, and it's it's. You know, if you've got a, a bucket list as a manager of football clubs, you probably want to manage. That's probably one of them because um, the supporters are, uh, and, and you know, just uh, you know, as I said, they're not really supporters. They're, you know, the, the club is an extension of them as a family. And uh, we had a brilliant two years. Um, a great group of players, great staff. You know, we had some fantastic success and some great moments within that. And um, you know, I'll cherish them, but. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy who always loves a challenge. I love a build. I love a rebuild. That's where I kind of, I feel I'm at my best. And um, you know, this challenge, when it came along, I just thought it had all the elements of what I need to to get going again. And um, you know, I, I know, you know Celtic have appointed Brendan Rodgers is an outstanding manager. They'll continue to have success. They've got great players there. They've got you know great infrastructure and. Like I said, it's a great football club, and uh, I was very fortunate to to be allowed that responsibility for a couple of years. And and now my goal is to try and make some special moments here and, um, and create something special for this uh, great football club as well. You can sometimes read too much into things, but just the phrase that stuck out to me was to get going again. And he was he was obviously winning up here, won a domestic treble, but talking about that, he likes the rebuild and he likes the challenge. Of that was quite interesting. Yeah, listen. Sometimes you can read too much into things. But a challenge here, if he'd stayed at Celtic, the challenge would have been to defend the treble and to make bigger advances in Europe. But he chose the challenge down south. Um, I think it's a good time to go to Tottenham. The dramatically underachieved last season. This is a club that not too long ago won the Champions League final. Now they haven't even qualified for European competition. So he'll go in there. He will try and persuade Harry Kane to hang about for a period of time. And who knows, you know, Kyogo and Maeda have signed long-term deals. Callum McGregor today signed a long-term deal. Who's to say he won't look back up here once he's assessed in pre-season the squad that he's inherited down there? Might come back up here for players. There was obviously a, a lot of upset when he left. A lot of that seems to have, have faded because of the appointment of yeah. Brendan Rodgers and the excitement around that. And he certainly feels as well that Celtic are in good hands. Listen. listen. These things happen As Robbie says Robbie was recalling The departure of Martin O'Neill And came Gordon Strachan Football moves on You know There'll be another season Kicking off on Saturday With these League Cup games Football just moves on Players change clubs Managers change clubs And As soon as things kick off I think Celtic start The title defence Against Ross County Isn't it? Mm -hmm. A Saturday lunchtime At the start of August People will forget all about last season. Well, plenty more to come. We'll be hearing from Rangers midfielder Kieran Dowell after the break. So give us a call 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And you can join us as well, 01419511025. 1025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I did say we will hear a bit from Rangers midfielder Kieran Dowell, but we'll go back to the phones first because Alec is a Celtic fan in Milton. Alec, what's on your mind tonight? The, uh, the, the strong numbers about Elanusi coming back to Southampton. I just uh, think of your take on it. My take on it is uh, if they're going to bring players back, it's never really worked. Uh, it was mentioned actually I think 
Neil Yunus left Southampton Alec just the week before Scotland won in Oslo in that qualifier there at the start of last month and he was asked about it and he, he spoke very well about Celtic um, he said he hadn't heard anything about returning it's an obvious link to make if Jota goes it could be a like for like replacement I just think if, if Brendan Rodgers is going to target a direct replacement for Jota I think Celtic could probably do better than, than Moel Yunusi. Listen, no disrespect to him. He played well in his first spell. Remember him scoring goals against Rangers, winning trophies. I, I think Celtic might look for a, a higher standard to replace Jota. Might be wrong though. Does this one just seem like a bit of sort of people putting two and two together? There's been the links with Moussa Dembele as well, yeah. but former players that were managed by Brendan Rodgers that are now you know available and, 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 out of contract. G- guys who have done well mm-hmm. for Celtic, particularly Dembele. But I mean, I like Tell Yunusi. When he was at Celtic, he did well. Um, it, it was a hit and miss when he went back down to Southampton. And like a lot of players who are in his position at a time like this, Andrew, you're always interested to see where they finish up. You know, what is their level? How good a move can someone like Mohamed El Yunusi get? But um, I, I think Brendan Rodgers, the way he's working just now, the budget he will have at his disposal, I don't think he needs to look necessarily at the out-of-contract market, I think he could afford to go and get the type of player that he wants to bring in. Yeah, Alec, is that what you would expect or is that what you hope that with the budget Celtic are working with that they'll be going out and spending a significant fee on a Jota replacement? They're talking about uh, this boy McTominay, I don't think he's uh, worth what they're talking about. Plus his wages, it doesn't matter. His wages, he's not worth the money, that boy McTominay. My opinion, I mean, but talk about, go back to the honesty. I mean, many... Times this players come back to a club, it's not really made it. Uh, listen, they, they say never go back, and, and I, I don't think you'll see him, you know, go, going back to the club. Uh, I think Celtic, you know, they've had a lot of success over the years. If you look at Jota as as the template, going and getting somebody, paying money for somebody at a good age, letting them develop, letting them improve their game for a couple of years, and then selling them at a big profit. The thing about El Unice, El Unice could come in now do a good job for Celtic next season but if he's there for two or three years there is no sort of sell-on value you know you know say at the end of his contract if Celtic go and get somebody as they did with Jota what age would he be when he came in 21-22 maybe get a good couple of years out of him watch his value soar and then sell at a big price Is there also a case to be made for Marco Tilio and you yeah. know the contribution he could have this season because we obviously haven't seen much of him coming from the A-League, but Brendan Rodgers will assess him in pre-season. The squad are over in Portugal and at the moment. He may well impress and have a big part to play this season. And you can say the same about Odin Thiago Holm. Mm-hmm. These are two guys that I have to hold my hands up. haven't really seen a lot of uh, either the Valarenga or the club in Australia that Telio came from. Melbourne City. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've just seen sort of highlights on YouTube, same, same as everyone else has. So it'll be interesting to see, is he going to be the next Jota? Is he going to be the next... Marian Schweder, Daniel Arzani. But, you know, listen to him when he spoke on Friday. He sounds a confident lad. The reports you hear from Australia are that he can play a bit. So, listen, maybe Marco Tilio is the direct replacement for Jota. Alec, there's that new deal for Callum McGregor that was announced today. How did you see that news? Well, I remember Callum McGregor was on, uh, on uh, Notts County and he was banning a close two when he was a boy for fun. Yeah, playing the same team and as Jack Greeley there, didn't he? Didn't he? He was there with the pitch at Celtic at that time. He was like 19, 20. And I go against Ronnie Daly's, uh, Daly's cure. He brought him up and gave him his chance and he's never looked back the boy. Uh, uh, I, like, I remember Ronnie Daly throwing him in European qualifier up in Reykjavik 
in Iceland and I think he scored the only goal near the end of the game a first leg game 1-1-0 one, one, and, and he has as you say he's never looked back he's, he's barely been out the Celtic team since then 420 games 20 trophies he already is one of the most decorated players in the club's history he'll probably go on to be the most decorated player and I think it's good news for Celtic I think it's good news for Brendan Rodgers that Callum McGregor signed this deal today you look at his development as a player as well because he was used as a wide midfielder at times when he was younger and he's come through and then he played as more of an attacking midfielder and then with Scott Brown leaving the club he's now you know the main focus the, the man that makes things tick in the middle of the park this is going to sound a simple thing to say he's a very good footballer a very intelligent footballer who can play different roles you know he did as you say earlier in his career he played that wide role when Scott Brown was there anchoring the Celtic midfield he did play one on latterly under Ange Postacoglu he was the guy who sat about and allowed Hitati and O'Reilly to go on so he understands the game he understands the nuances of playing in that central midfield role and Again, we talk about interesting things. Fascinating to see how Brendan wants to play him. Does he want to play him in the same role he did first time round when Scott Brown was there? So does that mean maybe Tomoki Iwata sits at the base of the midfield and allows Callum McGregor to, to go a bit further forward? He actually plays a different role again for Scotland because in that sort of three at the back that Steve Clark plays, he's almost one of the two in front, isn't he? You know, And, and that allows... A bit of balance that allows a John McGinn or a, a Ryan Christie or a Scott McTominay to be the one that goes on. So he's just a very intelligent footballer. I think it was John on the show earlier on made that point. And I remember, you know, in the studio two years ago, Scott Brown leaving, there was Celtic fans that had phoned up and they maybe didn't feel that Callum McGregor was captain material, but he certainly proved those doubters wrong. And, and, and football evolves. And I don't think, you know... You need to have a captain the way you did maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. The loudest guy that would shout yeah, at everyone. screams and shouts and punches teammates in the chest and roars at them. You know, you even look down south. Manchester City won that treble at the end of last season with Ilkay Gundahan, the softest spoken player you've ever heard, leading them to that. You know, Arsenal were second in the league down south. Martin Odegaard was the captain of their team. So I think sometimes you get a captain who... Is that leading by example leads type by thing? Example, yeah. yeah, rather than, you know, leading by words, leading by rousing gestures. There, there, there were some times last season, I think, that actually Callum McGregor stepped away in the middle of the huddle and allowed other players to, to give that sort of rousing pre-kick-off speech. So he is the leading man in terms of that squad, but not necessarily in the way that previous captains of Celtic have been. Well thank you to Alec Let's turn our attentions to Rangers Because we've been hearing from Rangers midfielder Kieran Dowell He's been speaking to the media for the first time Since signing that deal to move to Ibrox And he's been talking about the change of intensity That he'll face now at his new club It means a lot to me I think um, that was what this, the manager sort of said to me as a, When I first met him He saw it as a new challenge for me And something what he's really sold to me Something I'm really excited about Obviously, the intensity up here will be not one that I've that I've seen really in the championship, um, and it's one that that's, that's a big reason why I wanted to come here. That's the job we're in. I think if you don't embrace it, then you're going to fall by the wayside. I think that's unless you unless you do embrace it, then you shouldn't be in the game. So this is one of the, the pinnacles of of that intensity. I think these fans, from what I've seen so far, I've seen them. Their last home game of the season, and it was incredible reception for the lads who, who were leaving. Um, not really on the game, but the atmosphere was still 
unbelievable. Um, so I'm excited, I'm excited to see from a new season as well. That's one of the questions that always gets asked when a new player joins. One of the big two in Scotland is how they'll handle the pressure of you know the Goldfish Bowl that is yeah. Glasgow and the you know the, the huge home attendances that that both sides have. And with Rangers having so many signings so far this summer, six already, you'd expect a few more to come as well. That will be you know what the Rangers fans will be looking out for to see how they handle it. Yeah, and it's a valid question because not everybody can handle it, Andrew. You've seen very good footballers come to Celtic or Rangers and just shrink with the, the you know the weight of the expectation that comes with playing for these two teams I'll be really interested to see Kieran Dowell all of the Rangers signings I'll be interested to see if you were to ask me have a guess what team Celtic will put out in the first day of the season I reckon I'd be able to get 9 or 10 of them if you ask me now what team Michael Beale will pick for that Rangers opening game at Kilmarnock on the Saturday night on August the 5th I'm not sure how many of them I would get because, you know, towards the end of last season, back four was quite settled. They had Raskin, Lundstrom, Cantwell, Jack, all in there playing well. But he's now signed Kieran Dill. Does he start? He's signed Dujon Sterling. Does he start? And if so, where? And then the front guys that we spoke about, you know, Dessers is now in along with Lammers and Seema. There still seems to be an interest in Danilo as well. So what does that attack look like post-Ryan Kent, post-Alfredo Morelos? Because it doesn't look as if there's a future there for Antonio Cholak, probably not for Scott Wright. And then you wonder, what about Fashion Sakala, Yanis Hadji, Rabi Matondo, Tom Lawrence? Where do they all fit in? You really, I, I just don't know what that Rangers attack is going to look like at Rugby Park at the start of the next month. Yeah, it's a crowded area of the park now with the arrivals that have been in that final third. Is that what you're expecting for there to be a few departures in that area? As you say, I think it was a, a story in the Scottish Sun today saying there's Bundesliga interest in Antonio Cholak. There's been quite a few stories over the weeks about Glenn Kamara. He's certainly looked out the picture under Michael yeah. Beale. Yeah, absolutely, and particularly we further out the picture if Sifuentes comes in from LAFC that knocks him further back so I would think Michael Beale's been backed quite heavily by the board in this transfer window I don't think it's unfair to expect that the board would look for some money coming back in because if you get no money from Morelos or Kent that would be a setback for the club I think they'll look to bring some money in and then if they can get some money in in the next month or so then maybe there could be one more big one before the window closes for Rangers. Well, let's hear a bit more from Kieran Dowell. He's been talking about his conversations with Todd Cantwell in the lead-up to his move and also what Rangers fans can expect from him. He's had a, an amazing start. Um, and when I first got in touch with the managers, I was straight on the phone to Todd, asking him how he's found it so far. And he was he was raving about it, saying it's it's something different, but it's it's something what he's, he's really enjoyed. And... Just as the manager did, Todd really sold it to me as well. I'm a, a versatile player. I feel like I could play as an eight, uh, more deeper, more attacking as a ten, wide off the right. Um, so a number of positions where I can fit in. I feel like the manager can adapt the game as for, from game to game. So there's there's plenty of opportunities for me to fit in. Um, and like like you just said there, there's a lot of talented players in this group, and um, I think that's healthy. I think that's a good competition to have. Is that a bit of a theme of a few of the players that Michael Beale has signed, that they are versatile, that they can play in a few different positions? Yeah, and listen, the ones he signed in January, Todd Cantwell, who you mentioned, and, and Nico Raskin, I thought both settled really well, particularly Cantwell. I was really impressed with Cantwell in the closing months of the season. So if they are a gauge of the type of quality that Michael Beale can bring in, then Rangers fans will look forward 
to seeing this half dozen new recruits that have come in the summer. But you're right, you know, Dowell, by his own admission there, Andrew can play in various positions. It sounds as if Lammers can play across the front. Seema, does he come off the right-hand side? Does, does he start centrally? Dessers looks as if he's a, a number nine, a sort of centre-forward as well. Dujon Sterling, they tell you can play anywhere up the right-hand side or can tuck into a back three. So they are versatile. And that's what was, you know, making the point a minute or two ago. You don't really know how Rangers are going to line up at the start of the season, but very interesting selection dilemmas for Michael Beale. Certainly on the surface, I think, Free transfer from Norwich City isn't going to be the, the type of signing that's, you know, really going to get fans excited. However, you look at the impact that Todd Cantwell yeah. had in, in January, quite quickly became a fan's favourite. Kieran Dowell will be hoping that he can go on a similar uh, path. Listen, absolutely. You just never know. I mean, Todd Cantwell didn't cost a lot of money. He was out the picture at Norwich City when he came up the road. And look at the job he did. Look at the Rangers captain, James Tavernier. What was he? £200,000 from Wigan. And Rangers have got 100 goals and 100 assists and whatever all else from him. So sometimes you need to look in different places to get the talent. And certainly Rangers have looked far and wide this summer. Well, still plenty of time to get involved. Maybe you're looking forward to your team's first competitive game of the season this weekend. Let us know your thoughts. 01419511025. Oh, you're kidding me, Oh, thank you. Oh, my Register. But first of all, let me tell you about this. A massive congratulations to Hannah who won today's cash register and took home more than £36,000. Oh, what a good summer holidays we're going to have. Did you have anything booked? <laughs> no, we had nothing booked. We didn't. We thought we might go away for a weekend or, you know, a few days, but we can, we can have plans now. Oh my God, we've just won £36,000. <laughs> I know, well, again, I never thought it would be me. Never thought it would be me. Well, that's our summer sorted. That's probably our whole year sorted as well. And the great news for you is that you could be answering the phone tomorrow if you know the correct cash register amount. Gary Spence will be picking up the phone after three o'clock and the amount you need to remember is £37,432. Enter now for your chance to win. Text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. And if you get a call from us after three o'clock tomorrow, answer within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount which is £37,432 texts are £2 plus your standard network rate, online entry is £2 or you can call 0330 calls are charged at the standard rate it's over 18s only and all the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website so for your chance to win more than 37 grand, text YES to 61025 good luck 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna in the studio with me, Andrew McLean and you can get involved 0141-951-1025 There is of course the Fireplay Club group stages yeah. starting this weekend and I mean, the summer really doesn't seem like it's it's long, does it? Especially when there's the, the Scotland games in the middle of it and the national team have been playing. But we're already there. It's rolling back around this Saturday. And I was complaining at the start of the show, Andrew, that you and I don't get to sun-kissed destinations. There'll be a few supporters going to far-flung destinations this weekend. I think Mother will start up at Elgin on Saturday. 
Uh, you're looking at long journeys, Ross County go away down to Strunrar, I think Livingston are at Brecon, St Mirren are at Montrose, so there'll be a few unusual destinations for Premiership Club supporters this weekend to start the new season, but it's it's always nice to get going again. There's, there's Spartans' first game as a league club, it's going to be at home to Dundee United at the weekend, so there are decent games if you look hard enough. There's always a lot of interest for supporters because some teams have new managers, yeah. most have a host of new players as well especially down the division so there's always that excitement of the first day of the season you're hoping the sun's going to be out in your senior team for the first time but there will be you know fans of some clubs that I've certainly seen on social media slightly concerned about the lack of signings well, I think Motherwell St Johnston are two that maybe haven't done too much business Hearts. Dundee United Hearts as well yeah, yeah Dundee United have made a couple of signings today of course but yeah there are a few that, that maybe supporters are still waiting on you know, those moves to be made. Well, what I will say, don't go too early because there were a huge number of St Mirren supporters went very early last season. They lost at home to our broth in the Via Play Cup group stages. They lost 2-0 at Airdrie from League One at the time in the Via Play Cup group stages. And there was a pylon for poor old Stephen Robinson. He survived it. He made some signings before the window closed and he took St Mirren to their highest league finish for nearly 40 years. So I know fans, as you say, are worried about a lack of signings long way to go, you know, we're sitting here on the 10th of July, there's about another seven and a bit weeks before the window closes. And there are, I think different managers use the League Cup group stages in different ways. Some of them put a heavy importance on it because they want to get to Hamden, they want to get to Cup semi-finals, they want to try and get to a Cup final. You look at, you know, St Johnston and what they did in the season yeah. when they won the double. However, there are some managers that maybe just treat them a bit more like friendlies that are a bit more competitive, just trying to shape their squad ahead of the league season, which they put a lot more importance yeah, on. Yeah, and you're touching St Johnson there, you know, they won a league cup, they won the same season, they won the Scottish Cup, but Stephen McLean looks as if he's just going to use this group stage to have a look at some young players, to try and get some players who have had injury problems back into the team, and I think he's focusing bringing players in for the start of the league campaign at the start of next month and probably some other managers are doing likewise. I had seen a tweet somewhere that it was around, I think this included some youth players, players that had been out on loan as well, but 17 St Johnston players that had left the club yeah. across this summer period and not a single one to come in to well, replace them. Yeah, and they had a friendly last week and I think they played a 15-year-old off the bench late on in the friendly game that they played last week. They're at East Fife tomorrow night. Haven't made any signings in the intervening week, so it'll be the same again when they go tomorrow um, and a few clubs will be like that um, there is always this merry-go-round we talked about free agents like Mo El Yunusi, but if you come down a few levels and a few pay grades from Mo El Yunusi, the dynamic doesn't change it's still footballers trying to get the best deal they can for themselves and their families um, some jump at the first offer but you find a lot of them hang off and that's why so many deals are done so close to the end of the transfer window because players get desperate and clubs get desperate too. You mentioned that some supporters maybe go a bit early and start to panic because of the League Cup group stages. It certainly happens with some pundits as well who remember some of our predictions that I think every single year we end up basing predictions because we're always forced in here to do a full league table in the Scottish Premiership of 1-12 to 12, but you then start basing things off the League Cup group stage and by the end of the season teams look completely different. Managers have changed and it's just the, the 
crazy well, world of Scottish yeah, football. Listen, you're absolutely right. And off the back of those terrible results against Arbroath and Airdrie last year, I don't think any of the pundits in here took St Mirren to finish top six. And in the end, they finished top six quite comfortably and, and they were one of the success stories of the season under Stephen Robinson. So we'll have to think maybe a little bit more smartly when we make our predictions at the start of next season. Yeah, I don't think many people will be tipping St Mirren to finish bottom of the table this time. They have had a job on their hands in replacing... Curtis Main, they've done that with a couple of players. Conor mm-hmm. McMenamin has come in from Glen Torren. There's also Mikael Mandron, which is an interesting one. I don't think many people saw him making the move from Motherwell to St Mirren. He's certainly a physical presence up there. Didn't score many goals for Motherwell, but was a decent foil for Kevin Van Veen towards the, the final few and, games of the season. And, and last season, I described it a couple of times in the show, it was a striker's season. Think of all the goals Kyogo scored. Um, you look at how well Kevin Van Veen did for Motherwell especially the season before that the top goal scorers in the league had 13 13 goals yeah. and then you know Lawrence Shanklin at Hearts Kevin Nisbet when he was fit at Hibs Curtis Main remember Curtis Main's performance at Celtic Park after the split last season he gave the Celtic defence and Joe Hart as big a problem as they had had at any stage throughout the season but some of those guys have gone you know Hibernian are going to need to replace Kevin Nisbet Motherwell are going to need to replace Kevin Van Veen St Mirren are going to need to replace Curtis Main. And it's interesting the way they've gone. You know, you hear good things about Conor McMenamin, Northern Ireland International, 27 years of age. He's not a kid. Um, He will look to come in and hit the ground running. And you wonder if Mandron is the guy to play off. They've got options. Alec Grieve is still there who, you know, showed glimpses last season. They've signed a lad from Israel as well that gives them options. So Yeah, yeah, but there are a lot of players with a lot of big shoes to fill in the coming season and with the mention of Kevin Van Veen there that those are huge huge boots yeah. to fill for Motherwell Connor Wilkinson yep. is, is come in yep. would you expect there well I was going to say would you expect there to be more on the way I think there's Motherwell fans that are expecting oh, there, there, there to be there, quite, listen, <laughs> quite listen, a lot listen, more there, on the way there's certain to be more on the way because if you think you know, Van Veen's gone Mandron's gone as you say Jack Aitchison he went away as well mm-hmm. down to Exeter City um, Connor Shields who had been loaned out to Queen's Park is back interesting to see if Stuart Kettlewell where he views him because he didn't really have him at his disposal last season at all but I think Motherwell will lead, look for at least two more up front I was just saying there that you know you hope that the first league or not even league week of the season just competitive football weekend of the season is going to be sunny but Lion 18, uh, 1985 has just tweeted there saying it's meant to be raining in Scotland for somebody, the next two somebody weeks somebody told so. it's supposed to be horrible on Saturday <laughs> that's great especially when you're seeing on social media the, the pictures coming back of Celtic and Rangers away on their pre-season training camps getting those vital preparations Celtic in Portugal at the moment before they head off to Japan Rangers in Germany at yeah. the moment uh, ahead of there so they along with the, the three other clubs in European competition do have that, that extra time to prepare and not enter into these group stages yeah and listen that's a big thing it's a big thing especially for Celtic because they don't have any European qualifiers either they're guaranteed into the group stage I think Hibs will find out in the next 10 days who they're going to play in the first conference league qualifier Hearts and Aberdeen and Rangers have all these European qualifiers to come as well and they're always a tricky you know time of the season to try and get through I think uh, Aberdeen Finishing third, that that was a big bonus for them because even if they lose the playoff round in the Europa League, they're guaranteed group stage football in the Conference League. So 
Looks like three teams at least in the group stages and we wish the Edinburgh teams well as well. On the surface, Rangers needed to make more changes yeah. than than Celtic, but the fact they've got those qualifiers, is that why it's been important for them to get their business yeah, done yeah, as early? That, Michael Beale said that towards the end of last season. He wanted to get his business done early because of that. He wanted to get the majority, if not all of it, done before they went to this German training camp. He wants to get the new guys, Dessers and co, settled in and give them the best chance to, to hit the ground running when the Euro qualifiers and the Premiership starts. Well, that is all we've got time for tonight, but I'll be back tomorrow night. Mark Wilson will be in the studio with me from six o'clock, so make sure to get involved on the phones and on Twitter as well. But thank you very much for listening in tonight. Thank you for phoning in and for tweeting as well. Thank you very much to Roger Hanna in the studio. Not long to go until the competitive action is back. Looking forward to that, but stay right there. It's Amber that's in for Callum next with your chance to win tickets to the Snuts.